great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands, is being killed. You will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. 
He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands, is being killed. You will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease? Good evening, everyone. We're so glad that you're here tonight at Victor Christian Fellowship. You're not just here for an ordinary service, but you're here to have an encounter with God. And this is Times of Refreshing. This is Wednesday Night Refreshing. Father, we give you thanks and praise that you are with us. You are for us and God before us. Who can be against us? And Lord, we just look to you tonight for great and mighty things. And we honor you and bless you in this place. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together. Let's stand together tonight. Are we ready to worship? The atmosphere is changing, and nothing stays the same. 
Hallelujah, Lord. We worship the great. You are the great and mighty God. The compassionate one. You show mercy from generation to generation. Your loving kindness will never fail. Oh Lord, you are good. You are rich in mercy. And we bless your holy name. We lift up the name of Jesus in this place. We're not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God and his salvation to everyone who believes. And Lord, we give you thanks and praise that you are high and lifted up and your train fills this temple. Your presence saturates us. Oh, hallelujah, Lord. You're a holy God. You are the mediator between us and God. You are a great high priest. You have taken away the sins of the world. You are the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. Oh Lord, we receive you as God's greatest gift to us. And we bless your holy name. Oh, hallelujah, Lord, have your way tonight. This is your time. This is your moment. And Lord, we honor you in this place. We bless you. We praise you. We thank you, Lord. You satisfy our mouth with good things. You renew our youth like eagles. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 And we thank you, Lord, that you speak to us. The love I have for you is never ending. It will never fail. It will never lose its strength. My perfect love will come in and cast fear out, stop the torment, and set you free. For the love I have for you makes you perfect and complete. The love I have for you draws you near to me, says the Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you for your love. Amen. Well, you may have your seats. Thank you, Signature Worship Team. They are awesome. And you're awesome. We're glad that you're here at Victory Christian Fellowship. We just like to call this Wednesday Night Refreshing. It comes from Acts 3.16. It says, when you repent and turn to the Lord... Times of refreshing will come from his presence. Hallelujah. 
Just want to let you know a few things. This uh, coming Saturday, we're having our community egg hunt at 11 a.m. And uh, if you know any children ages 2 to 12, you can bring them. It's just a fun time. And uh, we scatter the eggs and they get them like nothing flat. (laughs) It's amazing to see. So uh, this Saturday, 11 a.m., and then uh, coming up, April 21st and 22nd, we have our annual women's conference, our Woven Women's women's Conference, with uh, the lovely and wonderful Dr. Fiona and uh, Patty Akui. She is the Rama uh, South Pacific Director, and she, has, she runs a Bible school in Fiji and Samoa and Vanuatu and a couple other places. And uh, she was with us last year, and she's just amazing. So, ladies, you're going to want to come. That's by donation. Only you can register in the bookstore or online. And uh, it's going to be a great time. Hallelujah. Because Jesus likes to rock. And uh, we just enjoy how he does it. We like to have fun in this place. Amen. Everybody say, I'm free. Yeah, this is a free atmosphere. And... Uh, if you're visiting with us, we just w- want to welcome you and say hello to you, and uh, hallelujah. Of course, uh, tonight, you, uh, if you'd like to, you can give anytime during the service. Uh, we have a seed planter over there by our bookstore, and one as you came in, and there are envelopes there, and uh, if you'd like to, you can give your offering or whatever, and if you're online uh, watching this, you can uh, go to our website and give that way. We've got all kinds of ways to give. But uh, God is good, amen? Amen. And uh, he blesses the giver because he celebrates giving because he's the greatest giver of all. And so, Father, I just bless your people tonight. I thank you, Lord, for their gifts that come into your kingdom. And Lord, I give you thanks and praise for the promised blessing that you give to them, the reward that you pour out on them, Father. And uh, I thank you, Lord, that they will prosper. They are protected And you provide for them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. And we have some uh, kids in this place. So we have our kids' life Wednesday night. Kids living in faith every day. And our teachers, we're so uh, grateful for our volunteers and all those helpers and workers. So kids, you can have your class tonight. We like to cheer as the kids go out to let them know that church is exciting. Well, you know, God's got a word for you tonight. I didn't know what he wanted to share, but I was confident that the Holy Spirit would bring me into all truth. And he did as I was meditating and preparing. He put something on my heart for you. And, uh, you know, uh, When you believe God, you open up the door to impossibilities. When you believe God, nothing is impossible. And you don't have to go to school to believe God. You know, the Bible said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him 
He didn't say doctors or lawyers. He didn't say rich people or poor people. He said whosoever. How many whosoever's are here tonight? As a whosoever, anybody, any age can believe God. And your belief in God opens the door to his rich treasures. Hallelujah. So we're going to talk to you tonight about true evidence to believe. Everybody say evidence. You know, God gives us evidence to believe him. And uh, when you believe God, you open the door up to good things. And I'm so glad that I didn't have to go to school to believe God. I just had to take him at his word. I just had to trust in what he said. I just had to grab hold on on his words because his word is the absolute truth. Go with me in your Bibles, if you'd like to follow, to Mark chapter 11. We're going to start here and then we're going to go to the book of Luke in just a moment. But Mark chapter 11, hallelujah. You know, I grew up, how many of you ever watched the monkeys, right? Remember that they had a TV show and, and, and they had a song, I'm a believer, right? Long time ago. But I remember that song. Everybody say, I'm a believer. Amen. Well, that means, whoo, nothing can stop you. That means blessings come and overtake you. That means you, you, you know how to connect with God. If you're a believer, you can meet God Almighty. You, if you're a believer, you can walk into the Holy of Holies, into his very throne room, and you can have a conversation with the Almighty. When you're a believer, all of heaven backs you up. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 11, and we're going to start with verse 12. And uh, Jesus was with his disciples, Mark 11, verse 12. Now the next day, when they had come from Bethany, he was hungry. Say, Jesus gets hungry. You know, he was a man. He was 100% God, but he was 100% man. And he was hungry. And uh, verse 13, and seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves. Normally, when they had leaves, they had figs. And he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. Hallelujah. You know, you you might be hungry for Jesus, but Jesus is hungry for fruit. Hallelujah. So he got, he was hungry and he got to the fig tree and there was no figs. I want you to notice he didn't complain. He didn't whine. He didn't say, God, why didn't, why aren't there any figs on this tree? Okay. He was expecting some figs, but when he got there, they didn't have any. So, verse 14, in response, Jesus said to it, everybody say it. 
you might think people are crazy when they talk to its, but sometimes you got to speak to its. Sometimes its are in your way. Sometimes its are hindering your progress. Amen. If you got an it tonight, speak to it. Tell it to move. Tell it to do something. He spoke to it. He spoke to the tree. Obviously, the tree could hear him. And he said, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples heard it. That was on purpose. He made a public declaration to a tree that his disciples heard. And you know what? After he got done speaking to that tree, he walked away. He was not thinking about that tree. He was not concerned about that tree. He knew that what he said was going to happen because he had confidence in what he said. Amen? What Jesus said to the tree was confident. It was decisive. It was for certain. It was specific. It was public. It was powerful. It was with authority. And it came to pass the moment he said it. Everybody say, that's faith. You know, Jesus operated by the very same faith that he wants us to operate by. He showed us how to do it. He demonstrated it for us. He performed it for us so that we could know how to do it. Amen? So, he walked away. And uh, let's go down to uh, verse 20. Now, let me just tell you something about Jesus's words. Jesus was the walking Bible. He was the word made flesh. So he wasn't just speaking his opinion. He was speaking the word of God. He was speaking because he was the word made flesh. Everything he said was word. Everything he said was God. His words are spirit and life. His words have power and authority. The very same words he spoke to the tree are the very same words that God spoke to bring this universe into existence. And it's the very same words that you and I can speak in his name. Amen? So, his words can create something or his words can disassemble something. In a moment. When, when does God's word take effect? Now. The time frame of faith is now. It's not tomorrow. It's not next week. It's not on next Tuesday. It's now. Right? Everybody say right now. Right now. Say now is the moment where faith begins. Faith operates in the realm of now. Okay? Hope may be for tomorrow, but faith is now. So Jesus had confidence in his confession. How many of us, when we make a confession, we're not too confident in it? We walk away saying, I hope that worked. Or we go into the confession saying, I'm just going to try this. Jesus knew that whatever he said would happen. That's how he lived every day. He didn't... He didn't um, He didn't use words lightly. 
in everyday conversation, he was always positive. He was always loving. He was always expressing the Father's heart and the Father's will in everyday conversation. Everybody say, we have to live by faith. Okay? So Jesus didn't even ask why there wasn't fruit on the tree. He acted quickly and he went on. Jesus believed what he said. And he received what he said. He was fully persuaded that his words produced the desired result. He was fully persuaded that his words produced the desired result. Okay? All right, let's go down to verse 20. Now in the morning, there's that word now. They passed by and saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. Everybody say dried up from the roots. God always works from the inside out, not the outside in. When Jesus spoke, the roots hurt him. And the minute he began to speak, those roots began to shrivel. But now they see the full effect the next day. All right? And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. Jesus didn't say, no, duh. (laughs) He didn't say that. But he uses this as an example to teach his disciples about faith. Peter, he, he, he was the one who recognized this. All right? And, uh, So Peter saw the results of the spoken words of Jesus, the rhema of Jesus. You know, rhema is the Greek word for spoken word. Jesus was the logos. He was the word made flesh. He was the written word in a flesh body. But then when he speaks, it's the rhema word. It's the spoken word. Hallelujah. And there's just as much authority on the written word as there is on the spoken word. All right. And uh, so Jesus said, verse 22, he said to them, have faith in God. He begins to share with us principles of faith, principles of what it means to believe God. All right, everybody say principles. When you connect with the person of Jesus, you get heaven. But when you connect with the principles of Jesus, you get success on this earth. You need the person of Jesus to get into heaven, but you need his principles on earth to have a victorious life. You need both the person and the principles. All right? So Jesus, these are faith, number, number one faith principle. Have faith in God. Don't mix your faith with anything else. You've got to make God, his word, and the Holy Spirit the object of your faith. Amen? Your faith has to be in something in order for it to work. Your faith can't be in nothing. It has to be in something that's steadfast, something that's firm, something that's not going to change, something that is going to, is, is eternal. So Jesus, the word, does, is Jesus an expert on faith? When he says have faith in God, does he know what he's talking about? Yes, he does. He's an absolute expert. Tonight, we have an expert witness on faith. Jesus. Dr. Jesus. He's the great physician. Right? Everybody say, have faith in God. 
Well, what about your feelings? Forget about your feelings. Sometimes when you have faith in God, your feelings are irrelevant. What about the opinions of others? No, don't have faith in opinions. Have faith in God. Now, if their opinion agrees with God, that's fine. But don't put your faith in their opinion. You know how many people put faith in how many people pray for them? Oh, on Facebook, a hundred people are praying for me. Yeah, you don't even know what they're praying. But you're excited that a hundred people are praying for you. They might be praying, twinkle, twinkle, little star. How I wonder where you are. You can't have faith in the amount of people praying for you. Your faith needs to be in who? Say, have faith in God. If a hundred people are praying for you, that's great, but you can't have faith in that. Have faith in God. Okay? Don't mix anything with it. God is word of his Holy Spirit. Be quick to get hold of it and don't let it go. Be, be quick to get hold of what? What God said. Okay? Have faith in God. You got to have faith in God and his nature. All right? Well, who is God? Well, he is good. Everybody say he's good. He's righteous. He's holy. He's faithful. He's friendly. He's loving. He's forgiving. He's kind. He's compassionate. He's willing to do God's will. He's healer. He's savior. He's deliverer. He's king. He's Lord. He's helper. He's guide. He is light. He is life. He's resurrection. He's creator. And he's truth. Is that someone you can have faith in? You got to, the Bible says have faith in God. Have faith in him and his character, his nature. Right? Go to James chapter 3 for a minute. James chapter 3 and verse 17. Look at your neighbor and say, keep it pure. Notice what it says. James describes the wisdom of the world versus the wisdom of God. Okay? See, when you mix something with your faith, you know what what happens when you mix something with something else? You dilute it. When you mix something else with your faith, like your feelings or an opinion or a bad report, and you're mixing it with your faith, you diminish your faith. And guess what? You don't get the results that you're believing for. I don't know about you, but I want to get results. You know, when Peter saw that tree, half of it wasn't dried up. It was all dried up. Why? Because the faith of Jesus works to complete it all the time. Okay? All right, James chapter 3, verse 15. The wisdom, this wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. You don't want to mix your faith with anything earthly, sensual, or demonic, right? For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and everything are there. See, when you mix stuff with your faith, you get confused. 
When you mix stuff with your faith, you lose your focus. When you mix stuff with your faith, you miss your target. Okay? But then he says this, verse 17. But the wisdom that is from above. And I don't have time to go into it, but the Bible says Jesus is our wisdom. So this is the wisdom that comes from above. Say, this is above wisdom. Say, I operate by above wisdom, not below wisdom. Okay, above wisdom is from above. It's first of all, it's pure. Some, listen, keep your faith pure. Just keep it on God. Nothing else. No one else. Keep it on God. Right? Put your eyes on God. Put your trust in God. Put your hope in God. Okay? It's pure. Then it's peaceable. Then it's gentle. Then it's willing to yield. Then it's full of mercy. These are all qualities of faith. And good fruits. I must say good fruits. It's without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. All right, let's go back to Mark 11. Hallelujah. I'm giving you evidence to believe tonight. Mark chapter 11. All right. And Jesus here, he's giving us the principles of faith. Principle number one is have faith in God. All right. Then number two, he says in verse 23, for assuredly, I say to you, the word assures you that what is, it said is true. Jesus said, I assure you, he is the word talking and the word is saying, you can trust me. I'm trustworthy, Right? If God can create the world, don't you think that he can do something for you? Amen. Okay? All he needs us to do is believe what he said. Okay? So we got to trust God. God's word provides assurance and persuasion. The word of the Lord, it's all true. Here's what the good, the, uh, God's word translation says of verse 23. I can guarantee this truth. This is what will be done for someone who doesn't doubt but believes when he says will happen. What he says will happen. He can say to this mountain, be uprooted, thrown into the sea, and it will be done for him. Say, it'll be done. When you operate by faith, when you believe God, things get done. Results occur. Victory happens. Overcoming occurs. Hallelujah. Okay? So principle number two in, in believing in God, you got to trust God's word. All right? And uh, principle number three is speak to mountains. Everybody say to mountains. Say, what do you do to mountains? You, you might be having a situation in your life where your forward progress is hindered. Right? So you're speaking to your mountain and someone comes to interrupt and says, excuse me, I'm speaking to my mountain. I'll talk to you in just a minute. What do, what do we say to a mountain? He said right here, be removed, be cast into the sea and do not doubt in your heart, but believe what you say. And it will be done. Amen? 
So what is a mountain? It's anything that hinders your forward progress. It's any obstacle, anything in your way. Okay? And we, did he say pray to it? What did he say? Speak to it. There are times to pray, but then there are times to say. When you're dealing with a mountain, you don't pray about the mountain. Oh, Father, if it be your will, would you please move this mountain? No, he said, you speak to the mountain. I gave you authority to speak to the mountain. You speak to the mountain. I showed you how to do it to the tree. You can do it to the mountain. All right? We speak to trees. We speak to mountains. We speak to storms. Glory to God. We speak to seeds. Hallelujah. All right? Speak what you want. Speak the end result, not the problem, not the difficulty, or not the circumstance. Everybody say, speak the end result. Don't speak the problem. Don't speak the difficulty. Or don't speak the circumstance. Did you know that Jesus did not conduct an investigation while there weren't any figs on that tree? Jesus did not take a poll to see how many people think figs should be on this tree. He just went to the tree, no fruit, spoke to it, done. That was done right there. Why? Because he walks in the now. He walks believing God. All right? He lives by faith. Okay? Uh, The next principle of faith, don't doubt in your heart. Romans, go go to Romans 10, 8 for a minute. We'll come back to Mark, but go to Romans 10, 8. Hallelujah. I got to get to where I'm going. Whoo. Romans 10, 8. But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. Everybody say, my mouth and my heart. In order for you to effectively believe God, you got to have his word in your heart and your mouth. Your word and your heart have to be, or your mouth and your heart have to be in agreement with the word. Your, your mouth and your heart have to say the same thing that the word says. It can't differentiate because the word is the authority and power. Okay? You know, God gave us the ability to speak his word. Matter of fact, the Bible says that God waits to hear his word so that he can perform it. Best prayer that you can pray is to pray the word back to God. He's like, he's like a catcher. He said, he's like Johnny Benz. He said, come on, put a little pepper on that ball. Put it right here. See, and when, when we wind up and deliver the pitch, right, that's our faith in action. That's our faith in operation. And we speak the word. It goes back to God, and God releases his power, and there's a big boom. Things happen. Things in your body happen. Things in your body change. Things in your life change. Things in your finances change. Things in your relationship change. Things in your mind change. All right, then he says, verse 9, we're still in Romans 10. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Notice Believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, it's done. 
right? Verse 10, for with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You need both believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth for it to work. It's like a, a dual sign check. You know, a dual sign check, you can, you can uh, go to the bank and you can say, I, I want two people to have to sign this check in order for it to be good. It's not good with just one signature, but it has to have two signatures. You've got to have two signatures, your mouth and your heart working together for you to believe effectively. Amen? Okay? So don't doubt in your heart. Why? Because Proverbs 4 says, out of the heart flow the issues of life. He's not talking about your organ. He's talking about the spirit man. That's the heart. Your spirit, your born-again spirit, that's where God communicates to you. God speaks spirit to spirit. He speaks spiritual language. We are spirits. We have a soul, and we live in a body. Say, I'm a spirit. I have a soul, and I live in a body. Your body is not the most important thing of your life, because when you leave your body, you're still here. You're still, you're still existing. Paul said for me to be absent from my body is to be present with the Lord. But because you guys need help, I'm going to stick around some more. That's what he told them. Right? Okay? So, when you doubt, a person who doubts is someone who is double-minded. You're trying to hold between two opinions. You're trying to hold on to what your body says, and you're trying to hold on to what God says. Someone's got to be right, and someone's not. Who do you think's right? Your body or God? God is right, right? He, he, he supersedes everything. So you've got to let go of the opinion of what your body's saying. you just got to go with what God said. Amen? And that brings healing and deliverance, okay? Then he says... Go back to Mark 11 now. Oh, hallelujah. Mm. Okay. Almost ready for the next section. Mark 11. All right. Verse 24. Okay. Then he sees, Jesus says here, Therefore I say to you, uh, what things soever you desire when you pray. How many have some desires? All right. So he's saying when you pray... You have to do something when you pray. He says, believe, you receive. Everybody say, believe, Believe. I I receive. So, okay, let's just say I have a need of $100, okay? I got to pay this bill. This bill came in. I don't have the $100 in my wallet, so I got to go to God. Okay, so I'm going to God, right? I find out what he says about his word. My God is Jehovah Jireh. He's a provider. That means he can provide me with anything I need, want, or desire, okay? So I go to God, and I say, Father, I just thank you that you meet my needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that nothing is impossible to you. Lord, I need $100, and I just ask you for that in Jesus' name. Now I have to believe that I receive it. Everybody say, ka-ching. The cash register just sounded, and it, the, the item is yours. Right? It's already been paid for. You can walk out of the store. It's yours. Okay? I believe that I receive it now. But when I believe I receive it, then I shall have it. But I, listen, I believe that I receive it right now. So right now, in my, thank you, Lord, for my $100. Show me $100. Oh, the Lord's got it to me. I, I just thank you, Lord, for my $100. 
And however it's going to come to me, I don't have to be concerned about it. I just know that my God is going to provide it for me. So I'm thanking him that it's already done. I'm not thanking him that it's coming. I'm not thanking him that it's going to happen because I already went to him. I already prayed. I believe that I received. My job is done. Now he does the heavy lifting. And he gets it to me. Amen? All right. Go to Luke 24, please. Luke 24. Oh, hallelujah. The Holy Spirit laid this story on my heart. And uh, so let me just make it clear what it means to believe God. All right? It means to have confidence. It means you're fully persuaded. So the question is, how long does it take you to become persuaded that what God said is real? How long does it take you to get persuaded that what God said is true? How much evidence do you need for God's word to be real in your life? Do you have to have 50 million scriptures? Or do you just need one? How many think you need 50 million scriptures? Y'all are smart, wise. How many think you just need one? I'm telling you, there's, there's enough power in one scripture. One thing that one word from God you can latch on to and it'll save your life. It can change everything. One word from God. God said two words, light be, and the sun started shining. Two words. The sun didn't say, you got anything else? You got any more scriptures for that? Listen, I'm a teacher. I love scripture. I have a lot of scripture. But sometimes you don't need too many. You just need one. And all you got to do is believe that one. All you got to do is believe one. Believe it. You got to believe it. That's all you got to do. The moment you believe it, it happens. Everybody just say one. David just said, one thing I'm concerned about, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord forever. One thing. God is simple. I just got set free tonight. You know, we used to have a, 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 we used to have a teacher at Rama. His name was Cooper Beatty. And uh, he actually grew up as a Quaker. He kind of looked like one, too. He was real skinny, had skinny glasses. But we always called him Machine Gun Beatty. Because when he would teach, it'd be rapid fire of scripture. Can you please slow down? I can't write that fast. Everybody say, I just need one scripture. And you just need to believe that it's true and it can, you can have what it says. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. So, to believe means there's no argument. When you believe God, there's no argument. The argument is settled. You know, if you're struggling, like, you're feeling something different than God said, you're going to have to give up your feeling. Because your feelings are fickle. You know, they ought to have a roller coaster ride at Hershey Park called Feelings. 
Because just as much as that thing changes direction, your feelings can change in a heartbeat. So when your feelings are up against God's word, that doesn't change. Hmm. Feelings need to change. They need to come in line with God's word. And if they don't, then they need to get rid of. Okay? All right. So, um, to believe means to put your faith in the gospel. Uh, It means um, that you have a trust in someone that's God. Uh, Okay. So, Luke 24, and let's look at verse 13. There's some things that we need to learn here in this passage of Scripture. Hallelujah. Luke 24, verse 13. This was after Jesus had rose from the dead. Now, Luke 24, verse 13. Now, behold, two of them, talking about disciples, they were probably part of the 70 that were sent out in Luke chapter 10. Two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. Now, I want to back up now to verse 10 for just a second. I want to show you something. All right, let's look at verse 10. He talks about the women that were at the tomb. Thank God for the women. They were the first responders. I don't know what the men were doing, but the women were up and they were at the tomb. Men were sleeping and snoring and drinking coffee. I don't know. But the women, they they had it together. (laughs) Yeah, the men were. Can you share me one more? So it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the uh, mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. So these women told some things to these apostles. And their words seemed like idle tales, and they did not believe them. Say, they did not believe them. What did the women say? They said, Jesus has risen. An angel appeared to us. We went, the body wasn't there. An angel told us that Jesus had risen. But And so they went and told the man, because Jesus said, go tell the man. One word. <laughs> go tell them. Didn't even need Jesus to confirm what he said. When, when the women heard, go tell them, they were gone. And they were on their way to tell them. The man hadn't even been to the tomb yet. But, okay, these women were giving an eyewitness testimony. But to the men, it sounded like idle talk, like foolish talk, and they did not believe them. The men needed more evidence. They didn't have enough evidence. Even though Jesus said he was going to rise from the dead several times. Okay. Now, look at verse 12. 
<laughs> but when the women came and said this, you know, Peter, he always acts without thinking. He arose and ran to the tomb and stooping down, he saw the linen cloths lying by themselves and he departed marveling to himself what had happened. Okay, now we get to these two men on the road to Emmaus. Okay, so look at verse 14. Now, this is a seven-mile trip from Jerusalem to Emmaus. It takes about two and a half hours to walk. I know because I looked it up. I didn't walk it myself. I looked it up. I let someone else do the work. And I, okay, it's a fun night tonight. Huh? And they talked together of all these things which had happened. So for two and a half hours, these guys are walking. Two guys are walking and they're discussing. Okay? And uh, let, me, let me read this from a couple different translations because it's really eye-opening. The Berean Standard Bible says, as they talked and deliberated. You know when you deliberate, you're using your mind and you're not necessarily speaking faith. Okay? The Berean Literal Bible says, it, it came to pass in their talking and reasoning. Faith doesn't work by reasoning. Faith doesn't work by deliberating. Okay? Uh, the Legacy Standard Bible says it happened while they were conversing and debating. Faith doesn't come by debating. In the Christian Standard Bible, it says while they were discussing and arguing. In the uh, American Standard Version, it said it came to pass while they communed and questioned together. The International Standard Version says while they were discussing and analyzing what had happened. Okay? Now, verse 15 tells something really interesting. The presence of Jesus shows up, and they don't even know it's Jesus. Okay? And... uh, they're, for two and a half hours, they're discussing. They're getting in more and more unbelief. The Bible was not made to be discussed. It was made to be believed. Okay, so the Bible says Jesus was present, but they didn't recognize him. They weren't aware of his presence, and he wanted to hear their words. You know... God is interested in the words that you talk around the breakfast table. He's interested in the words that you speak in the car. He's interested in the words you speak before you go to bed. But why? Because they have an impact, negative and positive, on your belief. So Jesus is listening to their words. Okay? And, uh, you know, the Bible says when the Son of Man comes back, will he find faith on the earth? All right, that's just a side note. Okay, so um, these disciples were having a lively discussion about the crucifixion, about what happened to Jesus, about the Pharisees, how they killed Jesus, right? They're not talking about resurrection. They're, not, they're talking about death, not life. Faith talks about life, not death. Okay? So... 
I wrote this down. When the author and the finisher of your faith shows up, will he agree with what you're saying? I'm going to say that again. When the author and the finisher of faith shows up, will he agree with what you're saying in ordinary conversations? Because Jesus was walking with them. They didn't know it was Jesus. And he's just listening. Right? And notice verse uh, 16. He says this. Um, but their eyes were re- restrained so that they did not know him. Verse 17, and he said to them, what kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are what? Oh, my goodness. Is sadness a quality of faith? No. Jesus just has had his greatest victory. He rose from the dead. And he told his disciples that he was going to rise from the dead. And they saw him crucified. And this just happens to be the third day. And they're sad. I guess they should have stuck around in Jerusalem and they might have seen Jesus. See, up to this point, they hadn't seen Jesus. They heard the report, though, from the women that, that he was risen. But they didn't believe that report. Okay? Because he didn't have enough evidence. When the word of God is in your heart, it shows up. It shows up in your body. It shows up in your thoughts. It shows up in your mouth. It shows up in your actions. When the word of God is in your heart, you become a different person. You become bold. You become a lion. You become fierce. You become powerful. See, when the word of God is in your heart, it changes your life. Faith agrees with Jesus. Doubt agrees with the situation, senses, and the feelings of the flesh. Okay? When God's word is in your heart, it will come out of your mouth. The Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if you've been putting negative things in your heart, guess what? Negative things are going to come out of your mouth. Didn't mean to say that. Where'd that come from? It came from your heart. You put junk in your heart, junk's going to come out. You've been meditating on the problem. You've been looking at the circumstance. You've been getting the opinions of all other people. But you haven't gone to God, you haven't gone to the Word, and you haven't listened to what the Holy Spirit said. No wonder you don't have faith. You're looking at all the wrong things. That's like someone trying to find love in all the wrong places. If you haven't found it, you're looking in the wrong place. The woman with the issue of blood, she heard of Jesus, and she, the minute she heard the word, she said, if I touch his clothes, I shall be. Everybody say, shall be. She didn't say, I might. She didn't say, I hope so. She didn't say, I think so. She said, I shall be. And in her condition that was weak, she made her way to Jesus. That was a woman of faith. The Syrophoenician woman in Matthew 15, her, her daughter was grievously vexed with the devil. She came out to Jesus. She said, son of David, have mercy on me. And he called her a dog. He didn't answer her. He said she was of the wrong race, but she hung in there. She was persevering. She refused to quit. She endured. And she said, yes, Lord, even the dogs eat the crumbs. And she went from zero faith to great faith in just a moment. 
The Roman centurion came to Jesus and he said, only speak the word and my servant shall be healed. You don't even need to come to my house. Just speak the word. Your word can penetrate atmospheres. There's no distance. Your word can cover distance. You know, God's word travels at light speed. Because God's word is light. Okay. Verse 17. So these people, these guys were sad. They were broken hearted. Hallelujah. They were unhappy, crushed, and despondent. They heard reports that Jesus was alive, but they didn't believe it. They didn't have enough evidence. Okay? Here's some different translations. Uh, The Berean uh, study Bible says, what are you discussing so intently? They were sad. They had sadness on their face. They stood still looking sad. They uh, looked sad. Jesus didn't identify with their words. But Jesus was just letting them talk because he wanted to see what they believed. All right. The Aramaic Bible in plain English says, what are these matters of which you speak one with another as you're walking and are gloomy? Would you describe faith as gloomy? You got kind of a cloud over you. And it's not light, it's dark. You got a problem. A dark cloud is gloomy. Faith is light. Faith is energetic. Faith is positive. Faith is hopeful. Faith is joyful. Faith is excited. Faith is strong. Faith is confidence. All right. Hallelujah. Okay. Verse 18. Then the one whose name was Cleopas, he answered and said to him, still they don't know it's Jesus. They're they're hanging out with Jesus and they have no clue. The foolish are clueless. Jesus called them foolish, but not in a bad way. It's just that they were dull. They, They couldn't understand spiritual things. They didn't have enough evidence. Okay, so so Cleopas is saying, you're the only stranger in Jerusalem, and have you not known the things which happened there? I mean, he he was the person that it happened to. But they don't know that. They don't have a clue who this person is. And he said to them, what things? Don't you just love Jesus? So they said to him, this is verse 19, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet. Notice they speak about him in the past tense. He was a prophet. Well, did he stop being a prophet? When did he retire from being a prophet? He's still a prophet because he's alive. Mighty indeed. And word before God and all the people. And now the chief priests, or, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. I was hoping, but my hopes are shattered now. Because he died on the cross. And I don't know what's happening. It's only been three days. This is the third day. 
I mean, they haven't seen Jesus for three days and they're having a conniption fit. We were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, this is the third day today since these things happened. Yes, and certain women of our company, verse 22, who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. They shocked us. We were surprised. We were flabbergasted. They simply said what Jesus said, that I'm going to rise from the dead. Kill this body in three days and I'll raise it again. So, okay, and they, these women, all right, they astonished us when, when they did not find his body. They came saying that he had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of our, certain of those, talking about Peter and John, he just didn't give them their names were with us when they went to the tomb and found it as the women had said, but him they did not see. Then he said to them, verse 25, oh foolish. So, okay, these men, they were disciples of Jesus. They were followers of Jesus. And now that Jesus died on the cross and they hadn't seen him, they're losing hope. They're, lose, they're having doubts. They don't know if he was the Messiah or not. And, and for two and a half hours, they're discussing this. They're having a carnal conversation about the Messiah, which doesn't help your faith at all. Amen? They heard the report of the women. They heard the report of Peter and John, didn't believe the women, didn't believe Peter and John, and now they don't even know that Jesus is with them. Evidence. Listen, you've got to make a decision tonight. How long are you going to take to get fully persuaded that what God said is true? How many reports are you going to have to hear that God heals you? How many reports are you going to have to hear that God saves you? How many reports are you going to have to hear that he's the only way to heaven? How many reports? Pick one and believe one. Amen? Okay, so verse 25, Jesus said, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe. They're molasses. My faith is in slow motion. I'm making my way to Jesus. It might take me a while to get there, but I'm making my way to Jesus. I'm in slow motion. I'm slow motion. Listen, God's into speed. Your, your, your belief has to be light speed. Your belief has to be quick. The moment you hear it, you ought to know that it's God speaking. When you know it's God speaking, you can believe it. You can trust it. You can have it. You can do it. Notice what he said. You are slow of heart to believe in the prophets have spoken. They didn't even believe the word that was written about Jesus. If you're not going to believe the word that was written, if you're not going to believe an eyewitness testimony and another eyewitness testimony, there was over probably ten witnesses saying the same thing. 
and you don't believe it, and you don't believe it, and you don't believe it. What, what more does God have to do? Slap you on the face, maybe, I don't know. Lay hands on you suddenly and watch you go out under the power. Now notice what Jesus did. Jesus did not leave them in their state of unbelief. Why? God wants you to believe him. So guess what? He'll work with you. If you don't believe him, he'll work with you. He'll help you. He'll guide you. Notice what he does. Verse 27. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he starts speaking the word to them. What, what happens when you hear the word? What, faith comes. Faith comes. He expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Every prophetic scripture that talked about Christ, he began to share with them. He began to proclaim to them. He began to preach to them. He got, they, they got a good dose. You want some evidence, boys? I'll give you some evidence. Here comes a truckload of evidence. And if this doesn't convince you, I don't know what I'm going to do with you. So from Moses to all the prophets, he expounded to them. Then they drew near to the village they were going, and they, they wanted him to stay with them, so he did. And when he broke the bread, that's when their eyes were opened. It's like, oh, this is Jesus. We've been with Jesus the whole time. And didn't have, the foolish are clueless. But you see, when you don't, when you don't believe, the presence of the Lord could be right there and you not know it. God could be working and you don't recognize it's God. God could be moving and you don't recognize it's him moving. Because they didn't believe. Why? Because they weren't doing anything to build their faith. They weren't praising on that road to Emmaus. They were complaining. They were deliberating. They were debating. They were talking about death and their their crucifixion and how Christ died. They weren't talking about how he he rose, how he lives, how awesome he is. They weren't praising his name. They weren't doing anything to build their faith. So when you're not doing anything to build your faith, your faith gets weaker. And then look at verse 32. And they said to one another, did not our hearts burn within us while we talk with, while he talked with us on the road? They thought it was just, they thought it was just, uh, acid reflux or something. Let me give you some tums for that. I mean, their hearts are burning inside them while he's talking to them. My heart's burning. I wonder who this guy is. Why is he asking all these questions? Okay, verse 33. So they rose up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem. Another two and a half hour walk. But this time, I guarantee you, the walk was a little different. They had a little pep in their step this time. Amen. Amen. You know, you walk different when you believe. When you doubt, but when you believe, oh yeah. Belief puts something in your walk. They rose up that very hour, returned to Jerusalem, and found the eleven, and those who were with them gathered together saying, the Lord is risen, the Lord is risen, hallelujah, I got enough evidence. And has appeared to uh, Simon. Now, now they're recognizing that Jesus appeared to Peter. And they told about the things that had happened on the road. And how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. 
Oh, my goodness. Can we just believe God? I don't have to do, I'm so glad I don't have to do 500 cartwheels, 600 jumping jacks, and 500 push-ups to make you to believe God. I just have to give you God's word because God's word is the solid truth, and it's up to you to believe it or not. Amen? It's, it's time that the church believes God. Stop complaining about the government. Stop complaining about the economy. Who cares about inflation? Is God bigger than inflation? My goodness. Is Jehovah Jireh bigger than a 10% inflation? Yes, he is. I mean, my goodness. He took care of two to three million people in the wilderness with nothing around for 40 years. He can take care of you. He can heal you. He can save you. He can provide for you. He just wants some people who are bold enough to believe him. Jesus' second miracle, then I'm done. He went back to Canaan where he turned water into wine. And there was a rich ruler whose son was near death. And he came to Jesus. He said, "Would you? my, my son is near death. Can you come? And Jesus said, you know, you, you people just want to, you who seek a sign, you just want to see a sign, right? Don't follow the signs, follow faith. Follow God, follow the word. Don't worry about the signs, wonders, and miracles. They're supposed to follow us. We're not supposed to follow them. Amen? You follow God and, and, and he'll do what he does. You don't have to follow those works. And uh, the man didn't respond to him seeking a sign, he just said, my son's near death. And Jesus said, go, your son lives. He said, go, your son lives. Four words. The man walked away believing. Say he walked away believing. He got to his house. And the servant said, your son's alive and healthy. And he said, what hour did my son's situation change? He said the seventh hour. It was the exact moment when Jesus spoke. Why? He believed. See, he, he, he believed and he entered into the now. And Jesus didn't lay hands on him. Jesus didn't go over his house. Jesus just spoke the word. That was his second recorded. It's his second miracle that he did. Same place, second miracle. God still does miracles today. If you need a miracle in your body, God does miracles. It's time that you enter into the now. This is the now zone. This is the now arena. Why? Things happen now. Amen? You don't have to wait another moment. If you need Jesus, you can find him right here, right now. If if you don't know that Jesus, if you've never invited Jesus as your Lord and Savior, my goodness, you better do it because you're heading to hell. That is the place. That is the final destination. People who, who die without the Lord, they go to hell. You don't have to go to hell. Jesus paid the price so that you don't have to. Jesus gave his life so that you don't have to. My goodness, don't go to hell. Let's go to heaven together. I would love to introduce you to Jesus tonight, my best friend. If you're here tonight and you've never been born again, you've never asked Jesus into your heart, everybody close their eyes for just a minute. This is the most important decision you'll ever make in your life. I made the same decision that I'm asking you to make when I was 12 years old, and I don't regret it one bit. If you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus as Lord, 
Put your hand in the air.